you know what? I think we can hear something upstairs. Who's that? Hello? It's Yay! We have done a handful of these now. How are you feeling about our podcasting adventure? Um, I am loving it. So for any new listeners, this is our meta experiment. Um, Libby and I are notorious quitters and we want to see whether we can actually stick at something and that something is this podcast. Um, And the way I'm feeling about it this week is very positive. I will admit that Sunday, which is only about five days ago, our recording session, I felt really down. It was a long week and it was a real struggle, actually. Um, I, I don't know. I just found... Obviously, it's something that I want to do, but I found it really hard to motivate myself to come here and be engaged. And I feel in our safe space down here is a place to be really honest and I want to be really open and want to really listen and engage. And I found like I couldn't really do that fully. And so I left here on Sunday feeling um, disappointed in myself and disappointed with how things were going. But then at the same time, very aware that that's probably what would normally be a stopping point or a pausing point in any other thing that I've taken on. Yeah, we binned that recording. Yeah, we did bend that recording. And and part of me thinks... It's good that we've kind of editing it, um, but it was good that we did that to just kind of think about what that kind of felt like as that kind of struggle. Um, And if it's about trying to think about, well, what is the process like of taking something on and sticking with it, that would have been like a big hurdle for me. But now we're back here, it's been a good week, I'm feeling energised, you're energised, we've got like a great guest, I just think I'm, I'm good, like I've kind of gone through that little dip. I think what was really interesting was the way we recognised that we hadn't done as well as we would like mm. to and we just binned it. Yeah. So we didn't feel like continuing required continuous momentum it's okay to do a couple of things good and then do one bad and then do another one good again just because you don't you aren't continuously improving isn't a reason just to sack it off yeah and I, i think what really magnified it for me was that i listened to episode two on the way back and i really love that episode it's like my favorite one it's just amazing and and i think that just made it even starker the contrast um in how i was feeling and the energy I was able to give and bring to that but yeah how are you feeling about that kind of effort it's taking and the time it's taking and the commitment it's taking it doesn't feel like a lot of time or commitment because I'm enjoying it it feels like something that I'm just doing because it is enjoyable and because I don't want to let you down I think it's part of it as well yeah that I don't want to come into the basement and be like hey what have you been up to this week and I'll be like oh I mean I just sat drank wine Oh my god, that's like my every intro to every episode. <laughs> what have you done this week? I mean, broadly similar things to last week, but I'll make some shows. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this morning um, how... I was thinking about a different hobby that someone was telling me about and how it sounded like there was quite a lot of work required. And then I wondered about that, you know, about how... the to what degree hobbies are hobbies versus work or effort. Because any good hobby does require planning and training and learning. If it's learning a new instrument, you've got to spend time practicing. If you want to learn to paint, you've got to do a couple of bad paintings. You know, like, everything requires that. But we don't want to always pray to do it. What I've recognised from what we're doing is that flip from 
having a little bit of a chat and seeing how we're going and, you know, fuck those guys that say we're going to quit. Yeah. And now it's moved into this, well, how how do I become good at this? What is the thing that I do that I need to make sure that I'm prepared and that I have the right content and that I am I sound like I am interested? I am interested. It's not just that I sound like I am. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah, and, and making time for it, I've realised like I'm, I'm often thinking about it a lot more than I might do an interest or a, a passing thought. I'm actively thinking about it a lot more. So, yes, that's how it's going. Cool. So, let me introduce you to Bevan. Bevan and I work together. So, I was talking about the podcast that we're doing and about giving up on stuff. And Bevan was straight in there with, oh my God, I fully <laughs> identify with what you're talking about. Mm. Just giving up on shit. Well, no, not giving up on shit. Having, Putting them on hold. Yeah. Having a secondary, all-consuming passion. Thank you for coming, Bevan. I'm really excited about this. I'm excited kids? about the stuff that he's brought. Yeah. There's a board game. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty into board games. And so one of my biggest projects was making my own board game. You have quit or are still going on with? It's still ongoing. Oh, yeah, it's just I haven't really done anything on it for eight or nine months. But it's, it's still there. Yeah, so what do we? So where did you start before we even got to this Colosseum down here? Uh, <laughs> I have a love of history, yeah, especially Roman history, and I have a love of board games, not Monopoly and Risk. We should probably talk about those. What's your favourite board game? Um, a game called Innis. Innis, I've um, never heard of Innis. There's a bit of a board games revolution that's been happening recently. And it started with a game called Settlers of Catan that a few people have played. Yeah. Catan, God Forbidden Desert, God Forbidden Island. Okay, good. So yes. you're converted. Yes. Okay. Um, but from there, there's just loads of people making games and trying to fix all of the problems that are in Monopoly and Risk in that they go on too long, there's no catch-up mechanics when you're behind, and just making those but more fun. Um, went along to... Yeah, I joined a board game club, which was really weird. Um, they they used to go and play in an Asda in one of the management training rooms on a Thursday night. <laughs> and I think whoever had set it up maybe worked at Asda, but that was a lot but of years ago. And no one had any affiliation with the Asda anymore. And we used to turn up on a Thursday night and the staff would like try and make us sign in and out. And that was about it. We'd just go in, sit in this room. About 12 people normally turned up and you'd divide into like two or three tables and play a game. Amazing. And then some of them invited me to the National Board Game Expo, which is in Birmingham around June every year. And I thought, yeah, all right, why not? Let's see what this is about. And there was a bunch of people there that had already made games and there was established games. And you just, it's three days, I only went for one. Um, But there's people that have got games that are on Kickstarter and, you know, that, that aren't even on Kickstarter, that are just really rudimentary, just paper and they've you know they've drawn it all themselves um and so you can try their games and play test them and see what you like and help them to learn more and improve the games that they're making um and that got me thinking uh (laughs) i have a love of history yeah especially roman history and i have a love of board games not many good games on the gladiators it's not really been cracked i don't feel are there any yeah there's a few there's a spartacus game which is loosely based on the tv series but it's got a few flaws it's it's okay it's not a bad game when you thought about i'm going to do a board game was it was it a business idea or was it a, a yeah, hobby uh, idea 
I don't know, somewhere in between. So, I mean, my job is product development, but in the technical space, building technical digital products. And so I attacked it with a lot of knowledge of designing products. Uh, and I started to think, well, it would be great if this, like, you know, dreamland took off and it became my life and I was just a board game designer from there. Yeah. And then there's like, or I could just make a fun game that me and my friends like. Yeah. And anything in between. And if it got to that point, that would have been great anyway, yeah. What did you bring with you to, like, kind of shape how you tackled your board game project? I think, um, well, I broke it down into tasks that I needed to complete. (laughs) So (laughs) there's no nothing I'm waiting on anyone for. Um, and I guess the other thing is my sort of understanding of a minimum viable product and how far I had to get it without going really far into making an incredible arena that is above and beyond what is really necessary. Yeah, I'm looking, so what we have in front of us is basically the Colosseum that's been built. Like this, is this a, is this a prototype? Tell us what's going on there because this looks... Amazing, and so, we put a photo on our website. I have a lot of um, talented friends. I described what I wanted, which was really um, three circles on top of each other, just to make like a platform, just three three circular pieces of wood. I described this to a friend, and then I said, oh, do you know what we could do? We could cut out the middle of those three pieces of wood, uh, to make some sort of tearing, so it looks like, uh, you know, and, and, and make... And that was the extent of my design concept. Then I got excited about a family par- at a family party and told my brother-in-law all about the game, and he really liked the concept and some of the rules that I've got going on, some of the mechanics that we've got going on. And he did furniture design at uni, and he loves making different structures. And so he went completely mad around December time and gave me this as a Christmas present. Amazing. Um, But I didn't really start with what I've brought. I started off with an idea and writing down a rule set. So I've opened up a Google Doc, which is pretty large now it's got a lot of rules in it it's got a pretty comprehensive rules i think if you gave it to someone they could probably play the game if you gave them all the parts as well what's the game what got them excited to come on board with you with your arena so the game is around running a ludus you're the owner of a ludus a little bit like the sort of spartacus is that like a sauna sorry um a ludus is a gladiator training school Uh, i mean obviously like a sauna yeah, <laughs> can't believe you guys in your Roman <laughs> knowledge. So, do you talk to other Ludus owners and kind of get them to kill your gladiator? Well, the the game is based on so this this it's designed around four players. You're running your own Ludus. You're all buying slaves, training slaves, acquiring weaponry, um, vying for positions so that you can have influence over the senators. So you can pick which battles you get in the when it comes around to having a games. You also get power over thumbs up or thumbs down that everyone's seen in Gladiator, which decides where a beaten Gladiator, whether he dies or or, or lives. Um, so there's a few different mechanics that are going on. And there's a, 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 a round where you are building up your Ludus. And then there's a round where some fights happen. And you have a different level of control over those fights, depending on how much influence you have in different 
sections of Roman society. What's the game called? To starting. It's called Rudius, which is Rudius. the name of the wooden sword which you're presented, and it's a symbol of your freedom if you win enough fights. Ah, uh, which won't happen if I'm in charge. We're all gonna <laughs> die. But, okay, so Rudius. All of so, yours will die. Yeah, yeah, all of mine will die, and I'll be rich, <laughs> and it'll be okay. Um, so the four players. What's a quick start guide to playing Rudius? Um, I guess you you get set up, you get one gladiator, you get one household staff, which is a, a, a slave that isn't trained in combat. To give you wine. And, and they, they go out and they perform tasks for you around the town. So at the start, you might send them to go to the slave, slave market to get more slaves in, or you might send them off to the training arena so that you can increase the skill of your gladiators, okay. giving them better chance in combat. I'm interested in that. I know that you're... <laughs> Look at you. You're I'll give you a copy like, of the rule set. Rich is like, show me your crowd <laughs> this, is ba- this is basically what happened with Samir, and yeah. this is what he spent a month building. Like, he went above and beyond. The only thing that I will say about this is he did intend to build it without glue because he's a furniture designer. He's obsessed with building furniture that requires no bolts or glue yeah. or anything. He tried to make a chair that comes in three pieces of wood and they just slot together and then oh, go on your wall. Um, but he had to glue it because he, I don't know, didn't get so it quite right. It's not so much a board game as a three-dimensional object that Sculpture. you need to lug with you. Oh, for, for my brother. It has, this is its first outing from the house. Amazing. Thank yeah. you for bringing it. Um, <laughs> have a look at these guys and you can take a photo for the... Like, those are, those are like real coins. money. Yeah, they're like, like the highest quality. A lot of, <laughs> she said from the Google uh, a- Amazon reviews, that a lot of, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people that buy board games replace the cheap money that comes in the games with these coins to improve their own copy of whatever their wow. favorite game oh, is. Really? Wow. This is hip. This is like proper cash. Yeah. This is amazing. And then what about those figurines? Yeah. Oh yeah. The figurines actually tell quite a nice little story. Um, so I've got some different figurines for different gladiator classes. Um, some of them are just sort of like fun type figurines, but you know, ones that probably wouldn't really have existed in Roman times. But there's a couple that I'm really keen on, and it's these two because I know from my historical knowledge that they are a real gladiatorial battle that was often fought. This isn't the board. I mean, the board sits underneath this. This is just the Shit, centre right. for the See? battles. Have you made a board? No. I've, well, I've got a board and it's... I've got like a big piece of plywood, basically, and it's just got pencil and drawings on it. Amazing. And you've written all the rules in your yep. Google Docs. How many rules, roughly, do you reckon there are? Oh, it's not really quantifiable. <laughs> oh, I want to know. It sounds like you've got a game. Why Why did you say it's on the back burner and has been for eight months? Why? It's, it's really close to complete, but there's a few things that need to happen, which right. is mainly decks of cards need to be written. So there's one of the actions is you can go to the tavern where you just get a load of random stuff. Like you might get a noble fallen on hard times that wants to work for you or... And the season cards as well, which affect the value of different actions at different times. So if there's been a war in Gaul, which is France, for mm-hmm. uh, all you I Roman enthusiasts, good. Uh, then you might get cheap slaves of a certain type. So it suddenly makes the going to the buy slaves much more effective. Uh, so, but I need to create these decks of cards. Well, so how much? If you were to quantify how much effort you've put in so far, yeah. What kind of scale could you even measure that on? So I can I can quantify that I've done done this between jobs, um, 
and yeah, I've spent four weeks in two separate periods. I haven't really done much whilst I've been gainfully employed. Yeah. As you'll know from episode one, being gainfully employed fucks up your dreams of starting yeah. your own business. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like what you just need is someone to partner with to kind of do that kind oh, of push. No. no. Listen to this chap, like. <laughs> I'm trying to get you a job, Liz. <laughs> I, mean, I have a like, job. You're good with words, you can write the cards. I could do, we could literally do it at work. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I actually, I've, I've been thinking a lot about. Um, whether you're better off on your own or better off as a two doing something. And, and I think you're much better off on your own. <laughs> Tell me more. Because. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this is why I thought it, because you two are doing this together. But it might work for you. But personally, I found, and jogging is a good example of this, I went jogging with a friend. I couldn't be bothered to go on my own, so me and a friend started going. And... Um, and then one day he couldn't be bothered, and so we didn't go. And then the next day I couldn't be bothered, so we didn't go. And I think that w- I would have gone a lot more if I didn't have him flaking out sometimes, and he would have got uh, gone a lot more if he didn't you, have you me. Know you could still have gone without him. I could, but I wouldn't. That's no, the thing. Because him That's flaking exactly gives the... you permission yeah. to also flake. Yeah. And so I wouldn't have given myself that permission. Yeah. I just need to spend some time. I need to... Yeah, I've got about four tasks that are quite large. On that the are, Google Doc list. They're a little bit boring. <laughs> and I just need to do them. And then I can start playtesting. And that'll be really fun because I can start tweaking the rules and doing all that bit that I love. Where do we sign up for that? <laughs> I haven't got a list yet, but you're in. Have you built a website yet so that no. I can... Like... <laughs> Um, do you five think, tasks do you think that when it got to the boring bit that's when you lost interest or was there something else that stopped you from keeping going with it um, it was a little bit of both I started a job and so I didn't have as much time yeah. mm-hmm. but would I have carried on anyway I was starting to flake out a little bit because I'd had two weeks off work and I'd done a lot of it and I'd focused on the fun tasks because that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do um, yeah, writing cards doesn't excite me. Like I've got five or six ideas for cards, but I probably need forty or fifty, and so. But that's something that you could do in a test play, couldn't you? Where you get a group of people together that have played other games, and then you go, "Well, these are the four. This is the type of thing," and they start going, "Well, I," and they just on post-it notes just drop down ideas. Yeah. Um, what have you learned from this experience that you've then taken back into the day job? It's difficult to say because this is one of the questions Libby gave me up front and I've been thinking about it quite a lot and I don't have a strong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I learned one thing that I've learned is a lot about my family and how dedicated they are. <laughs> <laughs> they really got, yeah. My brother um, also built a load of, he's done me a load of chips. I didn't bring them, but they're just, you know, um, five millimeter cube cubes that um he just i was like i need a load of these and he had a machine for it he's an engineer and so he just gave me like 500 of these things so i've got most of the pieces i need for the game it's amazing um wow are you surrounded by people that support whatever thing it is you've decided you're gonna i didn't think so until now but it turns out i do um, don't you think but you, your whole face lights up when you talk about it you're clearly very enthusiastic yeah. do you think that half of it's just that enthusiasm that's that infectious P- probably yeah but I mean you can get people enthusiastic when you're there for them to remain enthusiastic when you're not there is yeah. quite I find that unusual 
Yeah, because I think what's what the support people give you and the um, joy they have in you doing something that you enjoy is quite moving. Any criticism for your board game <clears throat> dream, either internal or external? What do you mean? Did anybody try and shit on your board game plan? No, not at all, really. I mean, Hannah said I probably wouldn't finish it. That's my wife. Uh, <laughs> that's why it's still going. Still, <laughs> still gonna prove yeah. her wrong. Yeah, fuck her. Has she been invited to be on a podcast? No. 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 <laughs> exactly. And she'd be a much better guest than I would. Thank oh, you. she's quit so much stuff. <laughs> What if people are like, oh, I've got this great idea for a board game. I'm going to I'm gonna make it into a, a real game and I want to take it to market or at least to some testing. What um, do they need to know? I think the, um, I did it on something that I was really interested in for a board game. I could have made a board game about anything. Me and my brother tried a few years ago to make a Pirates-themed board game and that was good fun. Um, but then we played a game called Merchants and Marauders and it was basically what we were trying to build but way, way better. <laughs> <laughs> and I own that game and it's really really fun um, and I wasn't as into pirates I don't know loads about them pirates are cool right everyone loves pirates but yeah it didn't didn't get to me in the same way as, as Roman stuff does amazing and a lot of what I'm doing in this game there's nothing really really innovative it's a lot of the best game design that I've seen that I've liked in other games that I'm yeah. amalgamating and whenever I play a board game, I can't switch off the analysis part of my game. So I'm up um, brain. I'm always thinking, yeah, I really like this thing in here. I really like this. I think this could be a bit better. The only game that I think I found which is completely perfect is Innis. Watch a, 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 a YouTube channel. Um, they've got their own website, but it's these guys called Shut Up and Sit Down. It's really worth going and having a look on at their stuff, but they just do really, really entertaining videos and they know a lot about the guys that make a game and they'll say, oh, I really wanted to get this game because his last game was really good, but I, I don't really care. I mean, I just have games that I like and I think they're designed really well. I do find from time to time, though, that I suddenly have a lot of games with the same little fold-out that comes in it. You know, you get uh, the other yeah, games yeah, yeah. by, like, this company and I'm like... I've got like six of these. How's how's this happened? I didn't uh, plan this. I just obviously like the style of games that they make. Yeah. But I couldn't even tell you the name of a company. Um, <laughs> is there any board game heroes that you have that you think they did it really well? Um, I'm not deep enough into that side of the scene to know individual game designers. So you're not intimidated by the fact that there are these people? No, I think if I put the same amount of time into it, that'd be as good as them. I agree. But I'm probably not going to put the same amount of time into it, and that's fine. Yes! That is the best attitude towards <laughs> stuff. You're like, well, yeah, I could do it, but... Well, you probably... And the same with, like, you see an Olympic athlete that started ice skating when they were two or three. Like, maybe you could have been that person if you'd started doing that and forced to I do it all the time. I think, like, some people are made to ice skate. Yeah, some people. How did you know that wasn't you? I think Gladwell's got a book called Outliers, which is basically this whole premise, which is people... As a culture, we hero like the geniuses, and we like to think that people have overnight success. Yeah. But if you take successful people and break down their career, it's being in the right place at the right time with the right parents and the right schooling. Yeah. You know, like yeah, a lot yeah. of it's luck. Like yeah. you know, there could have been two people that grew up with the perfect physique for swimming, but one of them liked swimming and one of them loved playing football, and they ended up being an average footballer, and the other one ended up being an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Or one had access to a pool and the other one didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Gates had access to a computer. 
What is the difference between this being an abandoned project and one that's just on hold? Um, Hannah would say that I've abandoned it. Um, and it was one of the first things that came to mind when Libby was talking about quitting things. I haven't done anything with it in a long time and I really should. And I get excited from time to time about it, but I never have enough time to get those last few tasks done. At Christmas, when I received all of this wonderful merchandise from my friends and family, I felt like I really should get on with finishing it, but it's now March and I haven't done anything. You know what, January and February are tough months. Um, <laughs> so the fact that you think about it still and consider it, do you think that's what means it's still long? Like in your brain, it's still alive. I'm going to finish it at some point, I reckon, but it might be in two or three years' time unless I can force myself with a... April bank holiday weekend deadline. Yeah. What yeah. else do we talk about in the podcast? Thing people that have stuck at something. Yeah, you do one of these each week, right? Yeah. That's part of the thing. I was excited to see who had stuck at something. That was great last last times about the guy who spent seventeen years <laughs> studying <laughs> the same thing with such minor success or some major breakthroughs, maybe. Can you imagine how many little goals you'd have needed to keep Just doing keep the same going. thing? Yeah. So what have you got for this week? So this one isn't quite right, but it's maybe like... <laughs> so last week after um, recording our episode, when we were home to Clapham Junction, um, there was a guy outside Debenhams selling a book. And it's a book about his life. And he had a poster that said, my life story will inspire you. And then in brackets at the bottom, it's not about religion. <laughs> but he had like a stack of books there and he was peddling them he was literally yeah. like my life's fucking awesome I've written about it I've printed these books and you need to read it did you get one? no oh shut up what? well I was really tempted and then I was like oh, this is going to be really awkward plus you probably didn't take cash and <laughs> I knew I wouldn't read it so I'll get it written on Kindle <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is, well done, that guy, for printing a book about his own life. I've got something else for, like, what do you, what do you get if you stick at it? It's about my friend who wrote a book. Oh, yeah? Um, so <laughs> she uh, always wanted to be a writer. And um, so she had an idea for a book. And she... But obviously it wasn't going to make any money and she didn't spend a lot of time on it. So she got up every morning before work at 4am and worked on it from 4am to 6am for two hours and wow. she did that for 10 years wow for 10 then, years yeah and then and she did loads of other things she did a master's degree she worked in her career she lived abroad she traveled but yeah that's what she did um and it was really cool we went to the book launch and she did well she won awards and stuff for it yeah um but everyone's like oh my god this is so amazing and she was almost like well it, it took me 10 years it's not like it was very weird people almost spoke about it as if it was this overnight thing and it's like yeah, the overnight success that I worked 10 years on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, from 4am. That's a lot of dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming and telling us your story about your board game. No I worries. I loved it. Um, but thanks for coming in. I really enjoyed that chat. It's That's been good. Right. Well, I'll uh, see you on Monday. Thank you. I fully enjoyed myself. I'm glad you did. So thanks, guys. You've been listening to NWOT. You can follow us on social media, hashtag NWOT podcast, or online, www.nwotpodcast.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That's her ringing now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs>